Chris Landry here with the latest edition of the College Football Stack. Um, a reminder, you can get more detailed football breakdowns on the college game and the pro game over at LandryFootball.com. Today, we're going to talk about what the new ESPN deal with the college football playoff means, why the college football overtime rules are vastly inferior to the NFL's, and what is morally acceptable and what is not for media personalities uh, that get involved in recruiting. We're going to address that. Again, if you want more detailed breakdowns on the college and pro game, you can get it at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer that we have on the front page. You can get the Landry Football Podcast Network for free by subscribing, liking, and sharing the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So the ESPN uh, gets a deal done for the extension for the college football playoffs. It's not what most of us expected when they announced the 12-team playoff because several of the commissioners talked about the possibility as they did take the rights to the open market. By all accounts, ESPN made the best offer. Six years at $7.8 billion. Uh, in fact, my understanding, there is not even a close second. A lot has changed since 21-22 when the details were first announced and eventually approved. Big Ten Commissioner Karen Warren was the most outspoken about wanting the college football playoff to adopt an NFL model and divide the games among multiple networks, exactly what the league did in the NFL, Fox, CBS, NBC, with the Big Ten did when he signed it. But he has been gone for a year now. More broadly, the TV sports market has softened due to various companies' financial constraints. And the Pac-12 learned the hard way. Uh, the college football playoff is much more of a must-have, so it was always going to garner suitors. But the college football playoff folks may have been a bit surprised that the numbers being offered weren't higher. But ESPN had a distinct advantage in that it already held the rights to the quarterfinals because they're the former uh, New Year's Six Bowls, semifinals and championship game for the next two years, and the first right of refusal for the first-round games. ESPN was able to leverage that by saying, hey, we'll pay you for those first-round games, but only if we get an extension beyond 25. It may be that Fox, CBS, et cetera, weren't being offered a big enough slice of inventory to make it worthwhile for them to invest several billion dollars. Worth noting, ESPN will have the right to sub-license games to other networks if it so chooses. On the one hand, you might say, why would they let a competitor encroach upon their property? But on the other hand, Disney is dealing with its business problems between the shrinking number of pay TV subscribers and its heavy losses on streaming. It's possible that part of its strategy for recouping that $7.8 billion is to repackage some of the rights and sell them. Also wanted to address why the college football overtime rules are vastly inferior to the NFL. With the NFL overtime rules at the front of everyone's mind in the wake of the Super Bowl, uh, I want to take a look at the two-point derby is undeniable, exciting, but in a ridiculous way to decide a football game. You're stripping out 95% of each team's playbook and deciding the game based on specific situational component. Imagine if a baseball game was still tied after 11 innings. The team sent an outfielders home and said, okay, each team gets one turn to bunt. Or if a tennis tiebreaker goes too long, the fixture says, okay, only volleys from here. You can't serve. I would move the ball back at the start of overtime from the 
25-yard line to the 40. Today's college offenses can drive 25 yards for a touchdown fairly easily. Worst case, they're kicking a makeable field goal. And field goal kicking is better than it's ever been. Hence the chance of a game going on and on and on. If we make it harder for offenses, the teams may run more plays than it currently does in one overtime games. But it reduces the chances of going to double overtime. And while I have no data to prove it, it's make it highly unlikely to go uh, to three. So I think that the NFL rules are better, but if the college rules are going to keep it in its functional state, it's going to need to move it back and to create more elements of football into it. Make it where you have to have more success on offense and not have a built-in field goal attempt. I just don't think that is really emblematic of what true football is all about. And finally, what is morally acceptable? and what is not for a media personality to get involved in recruiting. We had a situation happen this past so week or so. It came out that Kurt Herbstreit, a seemingly influential TV analyst in the sport, um, talked to um, a recruit about the kid's recruiting decision. But when you're talking about Dylan Rayola, the outstanding quarterback that was at Georgia, that Apparently, Dominic Rayola, the kid's dad, said that he talked with Curb Street and Curb Street encouraged him to go to Nebraska. I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. A lot of these guys that are on TV, they're nothing more than fans, and they're considered media types, and they're considered quote-unquote experts, when they're really not. They're nothing but fans. If you look at this year's Rose Bowl, Desmond Howard was running around and hugging and screaming, anybody wearing maize and blue. If he had a conversation with a dad of a recruit considering Michigan, I can't imagine him not trying to convince him to go to Michigan. You got Brady Quinn on the Fox's TV set. He sits on the board of Notre Dame's NIL collective, which means he plays at least a small role in the Irish's recruiting efforts. Others with similar visibility have been known to help their schools coaching searches. Uh, we've seen um, Matt Leinart be nothing but a cheerleader for USC. TV analysts aren't traditional journalists and for the most part aren't held to the same standard object, of, of objectivity. I also think that journalists are loosely defined now. We have a lot of these guys that are on internet sites that are not objective guys. They are fans, nothing more than that. In many cases, it would be unrealistic to expect otherwise. After 17 years, is Saban going to magically remove his Alabama cap when he joins college game day this year? Of course not. How about Tim Tebow? Does he talk a lot about Florida and in a, in a we situation? Of course he does. It's part of the appeal, I guess. But you have to understand it. Lou Holtz sat on the set of ESPN for years and was a peddler for Notre Dame. Look, it's hard to separate and hard to understand at times. But fans are very passionate about their team. And if they feel somebody else is showing passion for another team and they're on TV, it's not respectable. Well, the reality is I think some of them do a pretty good job of being objective as best as they can, but they're not completely objective. Um, I myself try to be objective in the work that I do. A lot of people are not aware of who I work with, but there are a lot of college programs and NFL teams that I do a lot of work for. 
Certainly, I want them to do well. But quite frankly, I want everybody to do well to a certain degree. And I think that while I may have a certain opinion about um, a particular player, team, coach, or scheme, there's certainly inherited biases based upon what I believe about the game and what I know about the players and teams and coaches and schemes involved. You try to be objective, but you try to understand being completely objective is totally unrealistic because these media types are nothing more than fans. Somebody like myself that's trying to get it right for the teams that I service in the NFL and college is certainly important. I care more about what I recommend to them being right than whether they win or lose. Um, I certainly want them to do well, and I certainly want everyone to do well. Understanding that on any given Saturday or Sunday, there are going to be those that do better than others. And at the end of the year, we're going to have situations that change. I often get asked by uh, recruits, parents, what would I recommend for their player? I try not. I try to steer away from saying going to school A or B. What I would say is, look, here's where I see you as a player. Here's where I see your strengths are. Here's where I see you need help on. Here's where I think you need to look. You would be a best fit in this type of scheme, in this type of system, in my opinion. Or I think you're really good in this system, but I think in order to become better, you really would benefit from going into a system that can utilize what you do, but expand your skill set even further. And if asked to give certain um, recommendations, I may give examples of schools A, B, C, X, Y, Z are examples of schools that might fit you in terms of style. It is in no way am I saying you should go to that school uh, because you have to do your homework and be comfortable that that's where you want to go to school who you want to be coached by, so on and so forth. Giving an opinion on a coach, on a school, is something that's done. I think saying specifically you should go to one school is not where I would go. But if somebody's thinking about going to a school and said, look, I've decided to go there, what do you think? Giving an honest opinion, including a positive one, if you feel that as such, is not so much out of line. That's a look at the, this edition of the College Football Stack. A reminder, you can get more detailed breakdowns on the college game, the pro game, at LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Take advantage of our scouting season offer. And let make, make sure you understand, the football season's over. But we're going to keep you up to date on everything in transfer portal, recruiting, free agency, the draft, all year long at LandryFootball.com. And that scouting season offer that we have on on tap will take you not only through that but all the way through next football season so it is the best deal that we've got going you want to try it out for six months you can do that as well you can try it out for a month and see how you like it uh, it's less than ten dollars a month so make sure that you check it out and it's cheaper if you try it for a six or twelve month package appreciate you joining us also a reminder to subscribe like and share the landry football podcast network on apple on spotify wherever you get your podcasts Always great to be with you. Talk to you again next time, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.